Hello, I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guides to Happiness. Welcome to episode 14. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Angie, and Chris. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Yes. We're well and truly into July now. Uh, how, how are things going? Oh, garden's looking pretty. Great. Mm-hmm. After the rain. <laughs> the much needed rain, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's your uh, bath bomb uh, <laughs> it Your wasn't a bath bomb. bomb, was it? Pond bomb. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> the, pond, the, the pond bomb was an absolute utter disaster. Oh. No. It did not do anything that it should have done. Yes. So the water is still green to brown. <laughs> but but there are lots of tadpoles and there was a frog swimming there this morning. So right. he looked very happy. So I just have to stick with brown water. <laughs> oh, you know. Never. So no, didn't work. Didn't oh, work. What a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, no fun. Mm. What about you, Alex? What's your July been like so far? Uh, busy. Mm. Uh, we've been camping, which is always nice up at Kielder, uh, midgy country. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Very brave. Great, yeah, great to be out in the van uh, as always. Um, yeah, it's just been. Uh, Full on. I think we're kind of at the end of term now and mm. uh, looking forward to a, a summer holiday full of uh, little trips away, I hope. End of, end of term, end of tether. Yeah. Did you make that one up? Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's, re- that's really impressive. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Stick it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Oh, Sell it dear. to teachers. <laughs> I've been busy, uh, you know, boring stuff. I've been busy training for the Great North Run as well. Oh, so I've been, uh, yeah, yeah. Here she goes again. Clocking, <laughs> clocking the mileage up. <laughs> it's got to be done, you know, no pain, no gain. I want it to not be as painful as it has been by uh, mm. training properly. So, uh, yeah. How many have you done? I think this will be my... Fourth, staying power. Mm, yes, I, I run for charity. I run for tiny lives. There's, there's no other way that I would do it if I wasn't doing it for charity. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a great, a great charity to support. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'll do them proud. I hope. Awesome. You <laughs> will. Good luck. You yeah, will. you are our hero. Mm. Yeah. Good luck to all the other the other runners in the yeah. North Yeah. <laughs> Them as well, yeah. You'll beat them easily, Alex. No, I don't think I will. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll try. (laughs) What about you, uh, Chris? What have you been up to? Uh, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't ask me the question, actually. I was hoping we'd get away with it because it's going to be very dull. No, no, no. My my big thing this week is I've got a new laptop. (laughs) See, I told you. It's it's new to me. So this is is my, my new laptop because... The, the one that I was using to try to do all my kind of nice new musical stuff just couldn't hack it. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to get myself a new one. But the thought of going out and buying a new one, adding to the, the e-waste mountain, I think that would have just kind of made me feel so guilty mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have enjoyed it. So this one's this one's off eBay, but it's it's working like a dream. A so couple of years ago, I've got, a, I've got an old MacBook. And mm. uh, a couple of years ago, I took it into the uh, appropriate store um and uh, 
And I was absolutely mortified when the guy said, um, oh, this is vintage. (laughs) (laughs) We don't see many like this anymore. Get Wilf from the back. Wilf, Wilf, come and look at this. This is one of yours. Old guy comes out. Oh, my goodness. I've not seen one of these for many a year. (laughs) Look at the workmanship on that. But it's still going, you know, it's still going strong. And I'm like, I refuse to put something into landfill that is working perfectly well. So uh, it's you. still going, still going. Good. <laughs> there's, good. there's a shop opening around the corner from me. I've just discovered it's been fitted out at the moment, but it's it's where you can take your jar and buy your pasta <gasps> and other similar things. Uh. And it's just around the corner. And wow, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to refine my shopping habits because Love of you. that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Angela, what about you? I, well, I, I've seen theatre. I've seen <gasps> theatre. Real theatre. Real, like, oh, in the flesh theatre. How wonderful. It was great. It was um, Curious Monkey Theatre, who are fantastic, based in the northeast, had a small showcase of work they've been doing with many individuals who are fantastic and very talented and one of the pieces was called Penguin which was a one-man show we first saw it in December 2019 Mm -hmm. so to see it again recently and how it's developed was absolutely brilliant he's the best dancer as well (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah that was that was really really good um, and I took my little one and she just loved it. So, yeah, that was really nice. Oh, that sounds great. Excellent. We, we knew you'd joined the team because you're so cultured. <laughs> <laughs> this is you're it. Right, you need to raise the tone, Andrea. <laughs> we just, oh. I, I think I've lowered it, but I'm trying to no. redeem myself. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded wonderful. <laughs> Going to the theatre. <gasps> Well, on that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview? This week, we talk to Nikita Kaur, who, like Anne last week, works at the brilliant Angelou Centre based in the West End of Newcastle. Nikita had some really interesting thoughts on happiness, especially connected to her work with children and young people. It was great to chat to her. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nikita. A very warm welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for agreeing to talk to me. It's always nice when people say yes. So, uh, so welcome. How how are you feeling today? I'm having a really good day. I enjoy when I've been able to sleep really well because I've heard the rain on the windows. So yeah, having a really good day. Nice. And has anything anything nice happened recently over the last few days that has maybe brought a little bit of happiness? I got to see my cousin, so she, I've not seen her in a long time because of the pandemic. So nice. she'd come from Southampton, so that was good to see family and just have a good time together on the weekend. Nice weekend together, always good. Yeah, my mum and dad live up on the Isle of Skye, so uh, we've not really seen each other very often. But uh, thank goodness for Zoom and uh, yes, all things definitely. digital to keep us connected. Uh, fab. This podcast is all about happiness. Is that something that you think much about, Nikita? I think happiness is always something that you're trying to get to. 
trying to be all the time um and we always think about like self-care and happiness together like I need to make sure that I make enough time for myself and for my happiness so definitely I think it's a very important part of um being a person trying to find happiness or make time to just enjoy the present moment and is it something that you work on or is it you know something that perhaps you you forget about or uh you know, forget to check in and see how you're doing. Is it something you think? I think sometimes during the week when you're working or you're busy, you can forget about it and it gets to Friday and you think, what have I done all week (laughs) to do relaxing, happy things? Um, Or at the end of the day, if you've had a long day. So what I'm trying to do at the minute is find time during my work day. So maybe go for a walk at lunchtime or just in the morning to do something so that it doesn't just feel like it's Uh, end of thought during the day to do something that I enjoy I think it's quite hard sometimes isn't it to kind of step off the hamster wheel and uh, just yeah stop working and just take a a moment to just uh, yeah think and and reflect before we go any further perhaps you could just introduce yourself say who you are um, what you do yes yes so I'm Nikita and I work as the KIDVA, so the Children and Young Persons Domestic Violence Advocate at the Angelou Centre. And that's part of the Mars Simba Project. Um, and in our project, we help children and young people and uh, mothers or carers that are um, have suffered from domestic violence or have come in contact with domestic abuse and are survivors. Uh, so that's what we do at the, the Angelou Centre. So what's working with children and, you know, families like? I think it's really rewarding. I think children bring a light and a happiness and they remind you of being playful and that it's sometimes it's even as an adult at whatever age that you're at, it's important to still play and be creative because sometimes the older you get, you start to think that's not my role as an adult um, that's not my role. I should be sensible. Um, you know, you, you you don't like play in the park like you would or hula hoop or um, those sorts of things. But working with children, it just reminds you that at any age, it's still important to do that and important to have those times of fun and play and and just lightheartedness. Now, when we had our pre-recording chat before this interview, I, I said that I'd seen a, a quote at Shiremore Adventure Playground and I, I couldn't remember the exact wording, but I went back through my Instagram because oh, <laughs> I posted a picture of it. And the quote was, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Yeah, And that's, that's exactly what you've just kind of said there. That's, you know, don't, don't stop playing. It doesn't matter if you're, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. It doesn't yeah. matter. Keep playing. Keep having fun. Um, is that something that you can relate to as an adult now? Definitely. It just makes you feel more alive sometimes when you're running or playing or just doing those things. And it reminds you of being younger and being uh, carefree at a time that you did feel more confident to go do things. And I think that I'd mentioned before that I've done aerial silk where it's you like wrap yourself up and you climb and I always thought the first few weeks that we were doing it as a group and the children were there I thought oh I can't do that that's something that is way past me now and I didn't try it in the first week but in the second week I did it and I loved it and it just brought me a whole new lease of happiness and adventure I think like I've been more willing to try new things since I did it 
And I think just feeling weightless and carefree and just trying new things is just such a happy point that you can be at when you think, I can still do this. It brings confidence to you as well. What was it about the the aerial stuff then that you thought, actually, I really love this. This is great. I'd always seen it and always thought I'd love to do that. And I just think once it it was really easy. The first week it was difficult, but as I worked up, I was able to do anything that I wanted to do that I could see other people doing. It might have taken me a week more than maybe some of the young people or children, but it just made me think it's not that I can't do something. It's that just try a different way. Just try it and it will come to you. So it, it got me out of this belief that there are certain things that I can't do and more into the thinking that I can do it. I just need to give it a go, which I think is a really good way to think about things. That's it. What's the worst that can happen? Just give it a go and see what yeah. happens. Yeah. Is being active something that you've you've always been? So trying this aerial thing sounds quite um, strenuous. Yeah, I think when before I went to university, I was really active. I used to do things all the time, walking, climbing, climbing trees. And then as soon as I went to university, it was almost as if I was like, this isn't my role anymore. There's something, and now I'm doing other things. So I stopped doing that. And it wasn't until I started working with children again. Um, I did teaching in the past and thinking about things to do with PE and that I started to think I want to be more active and I want to do that as part of my everyday. And it just was, you know, now I'm just happy. If I see a tree, I'm like, I've got to climb that tree. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this weekend, for the first time, I tried climbing. I went to uh, the climb centre at the old biker swimming pool. Um, I'd been taking my kids there for their rock star sessions. Um, And I just thought, oh, exactly what you've just said there. Oh, Oh, maybe I could give this a go. Um, and I went for an induction and oh my goodness, it was so much fun just yeah. like climbing these walls like a monkey. And I think because I play roller derby, I haven't got a fear really of falling. So I thought, well, even if I fall down, it's nice and soft. You know, they've got proper yeah. mats and things. It was absolutely brilliant. So I think if you've enjoyed the aerial, you might like climbing as well. Definitely. I think I'm, I might be giving it a go next. <laughs> that might be the next adventure. <laughs> so. Thinking about happiness then, you've, you've touched on a, on a few um, things there already, but what is happiness to you when you think of the word happiness? I think happiness is where you get this feeling of calm. And for me, happiness is a place. And I think I've mentioned this so many times um, to anyone that will listen to me, it's the beach. And when I think about happiness, I think about myself at the beach, whether that's sitting on the sand or even getting into the water and just having this calmness that like I'm not, I'm no longer with my phone. I don't have to have my laptop with me. It's just a time of peace. And uh, you don't worry because there's, there's people on the beach swimming as well. You just can, it's, it's a time to be by yourself and to just have that calm time. And I think that not just in that instance of being at the beach, but it's also the feeling of that, that when you're at work or whether you're somewhere else, to just be able to think about that to bring you back to that happiness. So what is it about the beach then that brings that calmness that you mentioned? I think I've always loved water. I've always loved swimming. It's always been something that I've loved. And I think it's just that 
you can't see anything beyond the horizon. It's just, it's like there's nothing that happens and it's just an empty, um, long water that you could just see out. And I think it's the openness to think that there's possibilities. You don't know what's there and it could be anything. Interesting. I like that. I think that. I like that about the beach. <laughs> yeah. Because it's something that has come up in in quite a few of our interviews now is that that feeling of, of that, that desire, that need to kind of be by the coast yeah. for a lot of people. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's a blazing hot day or a freezing cold one, uh, whether the sea frets in or not. There's just something about being along the Northumberland Durham coast wherever that may be that brings happiness to so many people that we've, we've spoken to and I think a few people have also talked about when they've not lived here and they've maybe been in somewhere in, in the Midlands where they can't easily access the coast they've really yes, pined yeah. for it I think that's really interesting I wonder I just wonder why that is it's interesting yeah I think even when you're in Newcastle sometimes and you might not have the opportunity to go to the beach. You go to the quayside or you go somewhere that's got like a pond or a park, just anywhere that's near some sort of body of water. <laughs> it's nice to be around. And often the seagulls, because I'm, I'm in North Tyneside, but I'm not at the coast. And we can often hear the seagulls where we are. And I'm like, well, it just reminds you that you're close to the beach, yes, you're close yeah. to the sea somewhere, that you can still see the seagulls, even though they always look menacingly at me. <laughs> <laughs> They're huge, aren't they? Seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> always after your fish and chips. <laughs> um, do you consider yourself to be a happy person, Nikita? Yes, I definitely think I am. I like to think of things as being um, the glass being half full rather than half empty. And I think that... I've always been the sort of third person to think, what is the positive in the situation? Even if there is a day that maybe isn't the best day or something's happened, you've lost something, what what are the good things out of the day that have come out of it? And I think that that definitely comes from my parents, their, their thoughts and, and their things that saying, so we'd always talk about at the end of the day, what was the good thing to happen out of your day, regardless of what day it w- would have been. That's how we always ended our days um and our evenings and I think that 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 philosophy really helps sometimes when you've had a day where everything hasn't worked and then you just think actually I had lunch and I had the best (laughs) wrap imaginable and you think well there was one good thing out of the day so yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's something really important to try and do I was going to ask you actually yeah where where does that come from so you 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 feel it comes from your parents and the way you were brought up yeah. I think that yeah. I looked at this study because um, sometimes I teach uh, the women from the Angeli Centre and one of them was the pursuit of happiness was a topic that we were looking at. Mm. And it was interesting that the, there's this study where this woman was looking at a baseline that if you've had a day and you've had good things happen throughout the day, but one negative thing's happened in the day, you're more likely to remember the negative thing. Oh, always. And yes. then you forget those positive things. So if it was like mm-hmm. a line, it's more likely that we're going to notice that. So sometimes it's good to remember and take note of when positive things have happened or just those little happy moments, just to focus on them. Yeah. Also, tell me more about this pursuit of happiness 
course that you were running at the Angelou Centre then? What was that all Yes, about? it was part of um, Women's Champions, which is a course that has been developed to help women who want to be a volunteer or who are looking for work and employment in the future. And it was just one of the different sections was on pursuing happiness, pursuing your passions and your goals. How can we do this better? And I just thought that was a really good way to think about it. Um, to think about how you can pursue happiness so for instance that was looking at if you're going to interviews and many times we have had interviews and maybe it hasn't gone the way you've wanted or they've told you you're really close to getting this job but you can only focus on the point that you haven't got it so it's all about thinking how can we motivate ourselves when those things happen so yeah that's and that's hard isn't it because you say you do tend to focus on the negative you know yeah if a, if a email pops in your inbox and it really winds you up you know you forget the fact that the rest of the day has been really good it's that one email that's yes, come in yeah. at the last minute that you, you that you dwell on and focus on isn't it so it is hard isn't it what what do you kind of advise the women that you work with then to do in those sorts of situations so one of the activities that we did is that we've written down like at the end of the week what are the five good things that have happened in this week and then it just makes you take time to write them down and to think about them so whenever something's happened to log it down and then at the end of the week when it could be that um I'd given the example that I had this is a few years ago gone and I'd done an interview and they had said you were a really good candidate for this um but we chose somebody else but I I put down that you know they really liked my interview skills they thought I was there and that I ended up getting another job that I really love, which is where I'm working now. And it was yeah. that that was practice, interview mm -hmm. practice and the skills. So I, writing those down, those examples and looking over them at the end of the week, you can think these are the good points. And this is what I think that I'm grateful for. And I've got gratitude towards in my day. And it helps you think about your week in a different way. Because like we say, as humans, it's our nature sometimes just to look at those negative points during during our days, our weeks, maybe even our hours. <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that, aren't we? Um, absolutely. So you, you've, you've touched on this at the start of the interview when you were talking about working with the children and, and families at the Angelou Centre. Um, does your work at the Angelou Centre bring you happiness then? It does. It does. It's, I think something to see people grow their voices and to see young people get opportunities and equal opportunities and just to see them have opportunities that they deserve and also to grow through those opportunities. Um, and I think one thing that's really important is that everybody to have a voice and seeing people um, come and feeling that they don't have a voice and then having opportunities to speak in a group or to speak with like-minded people or to have opportunities and then to see them grow. And we've had children that have come to us and that are now children's champions. So they speak whenever we talk to, um, we had like a talk at the Newcastle Council where they wanted to find out children's voices, young people's thoughts. And they were so passionate about their ideas and their thoughts and just to see that growth is really good to feel that at one point is my voice worthy um is it sometimes people think that do people want to hear from me and then just seeing people be able to speak and talk and to have their voice I think is really important for everybody for every person 
So having opportunities and having voices heard is, is, is an important element of the work that you do. Where do people, where do you find happiness and where do the people that you work with find happiness when you're often dealing with very challenging issues around domestic violence and, and things like that? Where, where do people find happiness? So at the Angeli Centre, we have um, staff wellbeing where staff can have yoga. And I think just having staff wellbeing, yoga, ta- um, wellbeing lounges, so with being in, you know, working on the computers, it's not that you have like an office room or a staff room, but just it's like a well-being lounge that you can go into and you can talk to other staff members and have those conversations. And it doesn't have to be about work. It could just be about even talking about the weather. But I think just talking to people that are going through similar things that you are and are working mm-hmm. with similar things. And I think in the same way that we have those lounges for the young people and families to have discussions and often it's just like talking about how what sports they love what tv shows they love and just things that make them happy and also things that they want to do and things that they want to happen so at the minute we're looking at what we're going to do in the summer um for our summer activities and there's talks that we want a sports day um and I definitely think it's those opportunities to play so it, it comes back to the beginning of that that they always want opportunities to just free play and just have free time, but together with people that are similar to them. Yeah, sounds fab. Um, I love the idea of a yoga lounge, relaxation lounge as well. I think yeah. I think all workplaces need somewhere like that to just, as you say, take that time away from your desk and to just, yes, sit and, and talk with other people. Yeah, should we should we petition for that in in all offices? Yes, definitely. All, all places, all places of work should have <laughs> a yoga lounge. So when you're not working at the Angelou Centre, Nikita, what what sort of things bring you happiness? Um, I definitely think going for a walk, just anywhere, just somewhere na- na- nature. It doesn't have to be somewhere with water, although that would be a plus <laughs> for <helps>. me. Um, <laughs> and I love watching movies. Um, I think that especially maybe not as much in the summer, but in the winter months, there's just something nice about sitting down with a blanket, a cup of tea and just watching a movie. Um, and one of the movies it's actually on Netflix, that I really like. And it's all about uh, a young woman's journey uh, through learning about uh, feminism. And it's called Moxie. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I watched it with my sister and um I watched it in my house because of the pandemic and she watched it there. But we both were messaging each other through the film. And just, <laughs> I just think that's nice sometimes to have a shared experience. I'll have to write that down. I'll have to check that one out and, and give it a watch. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I would. Mm. So what is it then about watching films that brings you happiness? As you say, sort of being on the sofa, um, having a chat with somebody perhaps while you're watching it analyzing it is that something you're you're interested yeah, in yeah I did um film at university so I love analyzing movies and I think it's just something that makes your brain think and um I always like to think about how does this reflect on the time now so looking at this movie this was looking at young girls and I was thinking about that why is that needed now but it was also reflective on the past so like or feminist movements that had happened in the past. It was really looking at it in terms of like digital media, computers. And I just think I like 
where it makes me think, makes me think about different things. And it might even be related to work, the work that I'm doing. But I think it's also escapism because it's about thinking about it in a different way. So not in the way that you are. I also think that films could be really nostalgic as well. So like um, The Princess Bride, I watched that as a child. And that's something that I like to put on, (laughs) you know, like a day that's been hard or um, that you just need a relax, a complete relax. That's a great movie to put on. And it's funny. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just need to switch off, don't you? And just yeah. not think too much about it. So Princess Bride then, any other favourite films? Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Because <gasps> I did Pan's Labyrinth. I, I researched it and did a, a paper on it. And this is a long time ago, probably about a decade ago. But I think that there's, it's just something that I like to go back to because it reminds me of a different time because it's nostalgic. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that I want to watch this week is Black Panther because I love that movie so much. Yeah. We've, uh, you know, talking of, yeah, Marvel and things like that, you know, us as a family, the first lockdown, we went through the entire Marvel phases and, you know, in, in the sort of chronological order and, oh, yeah, we watched actually Black Panthers and we're now watching them all again. Yeah. So... In, you know, and we've just watched Black Panther. It's an incredible, incredible film. Yeah, it is. I think we've, now that they've got the TV shows as well, it just gives you something to have on. And I think because there wasn't the cinema, you know, having The Mandalorian and those other things that came out, it was just something to go watch and, and to do and have time. So I, re- I really appreciated having those <laughs> dur- during the last few week- months. You, you kind of wonder if, if this had happened, you know, 10, 15 years ago, how how it would have all been very different. You know, with I think technology and the ability to watch things on TV, yeah. the entertainment and everything and, and Zoom and all sorts of other video conferencing. What would we have done yeah. if, <laughs> if we didn't we have We wouldn't have been to able to Zoom or... I think we maybe would have Skyped, it would have been, but I don't think... Skype? It, what's <laughs> what's that? Yeah, I think that we. I think that we would have adapted, and maybe things would have come out from it a little bit. Like now, people maybe wouldn't have used Zoom before, um, but people have developed so many skills in this time, and I think that's going to be so good when it comes to everybody being able to go back into offices that will still have these links and this. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of for me, it's opened up to be able to work with more children and to work with more families. So I think the reach is much bigger and I think that's good. Obviously, it's, it, it can be difficult as well if people don't have access to digital devices and um, or they haven't known how to do it before, but it's definitely helped a lot of people to learn. I think there's definitely been some opportunities that we can build on from all of this, definitely. Yeah, as you say, being you know able to deliver things in different ways and you know it'll never be this you know the same as being in person but you know still being able to connect at a time when we've all been isolated I think yeah technology's been a great a great help hasn't it um yeah what what else brings you happiness then we've talked about watching films and, and going to the beach uh walking um what else I think pets and animals um, my sister's got a rabbit and um, just 
when I used to live with my family, because I've only recently moved uh, into my own place, just having the rabbit there on an evening, we'd find that instead of watching television, instead of, you know, doing other things, we just sat as a family watching the rabbit and just playing with the rabbit. And I think you just get this calm and this happiness through being with rabbits or whatever animal, even if it's fish, <laughs> just being around animals. We had a whole menagerie when we were growing up. We had rabbits, guinea pigs, cats, dogs, hamsters, rats, all yeah. sorts of different animals. It was, yeah, there's something about them, isn't there, that uh, that calms you and just hypnotising by the sounds of it if yeah. you were sitting there watching a rabbit. <laughs> Did the rabbit have a name? Angel. She's called Angel. Aww. She's really sweet. little pellets everywhere. They let it run around the living room and it leaves little presents for you on the floor. <laughs> yes, at the beginning, because <laughs> she was only little. Um, but now she, she knows because uh, she's got free reign of the house, you know, um, so she knows where her area is to go now. So she'll hop up the stairs. But I think when she was little, she didn't really know how to use the stairs. And <laughs> yeah. My mum had a hamster called Freddie, named after Freddie Mercury, yeah, of course. And um, it had one of those hamster balls and it could steer this hamster ball. Like you'd put it in it and <laughs> it would be able, it could dodge all the furniture. You know how sometimes yeah. hamsters just kind of, hit into the furniture and you kind of think have they concussed themselves yeah. by bumping into furniture. This one was dodging, dodging all the furniture, going through the legs and all sorts. <laughs> it was incredible. Very clever hamster. So pets and animals, yeah, there's something quite calming about them, isn't there? Happiest moments in your life, Nikita? Have there been any, you know, kind of standout moments for you where you've thought, yeah, this is good. Life is good. I'm happy. I think definitely... Um, during the pandemic, when I moved into my own flat, I think I just felt like you get these times in your life where you think that everything's like aligned, uh, really mm. well. And I just felt that, um, it was the perfect time, uh, for me to come here. And I think just having those little things in your own personal space is just really lovely. And I think that made me really, really happy. But as something, as I'm thinking about the past year, is that my niece was also born. So um, my niece was born and it was during the, it was in just March before the pandemic happened. So she's just over a little one. And that made me so happy because I think all of us are a lot older in my family. And I think young people generally, as you said before, it just reminds you to play and it's fun. And it was just such a lovely time in the family. And I think I'm so happy that... It happened where we have technology, like we've mentioned now, because I was able to see pictures of her and to FaceTime and to see her grow up in a way that I think mm. if she would have been born in the 90s, like I was, <laughs> there wouldn't have been that. Maybe a camcorder <laughs> and maybe sent like a year later. But... It's not as instant, is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> What, why was moving into your flats? Why did you feel that everything had aligned and that it was the right time for you to do it? I think because we planned to do it just before, so in the March previous when the pandemic happened. And then I thought it's maybe not the best time because I was living with my family and I thought that's going to be really difficult because obviously if I move out and then you have to, you're not able to see people, you have to stay within your household. So I thought it's best to stay in my household because then it's safer. I don't have to, you know, leave 
and also I can be part of a family. It's easier when you've got a social group of people as well that you can be part of. But I think that it just felt like a change. Sometimes you need a change and you feel it felt mm -hmm. like the right time and it felt just calming because things were starting to open up um, and we started to get, you know, things opening up, being near the beach, just feeling that everything had aligned in that way that it maybe there was a reason that I didn't move out last year, which was true now looking at it as the pandemic. So a completely right, right time, right place, yeah. right moment feeling. Yeah. Fab. Well, I hope are you all settled in now. Yes, yes, all settled in. It's really good. Excellent. Excellent. So how do you maintain positive mental health and well-being then you know given you know I think you've already touched on this already um in, in different parts of the interview but we're kind of asking all of our interviewees um to kind of give our listeners maybe some hints some tips some yeah. ideas to try what, what sort of things do you do to maintain positive well-being I really like to journal and I tried to do it as something really, really formal at one point where I was like, on this day, you have to write this. But then I started to see other people doing it that you can literally just put whatever you want. And I, I realized that I like a messy journal. So to write down, as I said earlier, what are my things that I'm grateful for this week? It might be that. It might even just be a shopping list on one side. But I think sometimes getting my thoughts and my feelings onto paper has always been something that's relaxing to me. And it's something that you can do anywhere as well. So if you're at work or at any time in the day, and I really enjoy that. So is it a physical book? That oh, you, yeah, it's a book. It's just, that you keep stuff in. Yeah, yeah, it's a book. I have different books that I have, probably about on my third one now. And I just, I keep a paper, a, a pen, and it's on my bedside or it's in my book. It's in my bag when I go out or just like anywhere that I am and just to put down thoughts. Um, and sometimes it could be that, um, you know, you just want to remember something, the good that's happened in your day and you write it down. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you can flick through it or just look through this book and you can just think, oh, do you remember this? Or I remember that time and it's really good. And I think when you're focusing on positive things as well in it, it can remind you of all the good things and all the positive that you've had in your day or your week or, or yeah. I think for me personally, I I remember best when I've got something physical, I think, as a kind yeah. of memory trigger. I think if I was to sort of stop now and think about what it was like in my 20s, 30s, I'd struggle to recall stuff. But as soon as I see a photograph, um, it'll take me back yeah. to where, where that photo was taken. So I guess journaling in a, in a way helps you kind of, yes, record and so you can remember uh, and, and look back in later years yeah, that's, yeah. is that one reason for doing it or is it more about being in the here and now and just recording those positive things I think I look at it more as in a weekly thing so I might look at what I've done in the week because sometimes I can't remember if you've been so busy that maybe on Monday I went to the beach and I had a really nice <laughs> conversation or that I had these different thoughts because you just rushed through and it's like just take an account of where I am now and what I've been doing. And sometimes you might look back at like two weeks ago and it might just be completely different. And you might just see, I think you're, I'm constantly changing and people are constantly changing. So it's good to just realize what, how, what has changed 
what is happening, what is going on. But I ne- before I started doing this, I think that I was didn't realise as much um, and I would forget things because you get so busy in what you're mm. doing at the moment or mm. the next thing that you're busy with that you forget. Yeah, I'm totally the same. A parent at the school gate this morning asked me what we did at the weekend and I couldn't <laughs> remember. <laughs> I was like, it's just yesterday. <laughs> And I had to really stop and think, what did we do? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, or maybe I've got some nice little notebooks. Uh, so maybe, and, and they're these, the sort of notebooks where I, I don't want to just scribble in them. I want to use them yeah. for a purpose because they're so nice. So maybe this, what I, this is what I could do with them, perhaps, is maybe just have a go at doing a bit of recording, a bit of journaling. Yeah, sounds I great. I think that would be a great idea. Mm. Maybe I'll give it a go, watch <laughs> this space. Well... Thank you so much, Nikita, for talking to us this afternoon. Um, it's been a real pleasure finding out about what happiness means to you, a little bit about the Angelou Centre. Yeah. It's clear that working with children and, and, and families and young people is something that you get a real buzz and a real passion Definitely. for. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I hope you've enjoyed sharing your thoughts with me today. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's been so fun and so reflective as well. It's nice sometimes just to think about what is it that makes me happy and now I can go and maybe do some of those things later today. (laughs) (laughs) Get signed up to climbing. Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much and I shall stop the interview there. Thank you. So that was Nikita. What did people think? This this whole thing about kind of getting back into the feeling of playfulness as a grown up, I think, is really important. Um, <laughs> her, her talk about climbing trees and things uh, just took me right back to when I was at university, and a bunch of us would kind of go into the into the woods near the university, and just kind of go climb trees of an evening. And I'm sure the rest of the people. That, that that were there must have thought, what on earth are they doing? But it was great. It was really good. To this day, the thought of an unclimbed tree makes me feel a bit sad. But I'm not sure that I'd, I'd be brave enough to do it now. But um, maybe that's not, that's the call. The call to action is to to go out and find a climbable tree somewhere near here. When she was talking, I had a memory of my grandchildren taking me cycling, and I couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And we we went to a particular place where you queued and got a bike given to you. So you hired the bike, so we all... And then you were with the bike all day and there was no way that you could get back to the bike collection deposit place mm-hmm. <laughs> until about eight hours had elapsed. <laughs> and I'd never been on a bike for 200 years. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> They must have done three times the distance that I did because they were coming back to rescue me. But I started out being incredibly nervous, anxious. Why the heck am I doing this? And then at the end of it, I gave the bikes back and I just felt amazing. And then I thought, you're really going to suffer for this the next day. (laughs) And the next day I felt even better. And I thought, I just cannot believe that because I'd been with them and been a child with them, mm. Nikita just brought that all back, that amazing feeling. So thank mm. you, Nikita, for that yeah. lovely memory. 
Yeah. Andrea, what about I, you? Yeah, I I I enjoyed this this one as well as with with all of them, but I just to kind of pick up on the the children. You know, I, I love the way she talks about her work with with children's champions and then directly speaking to power by talking to counselors and I was just I'm just reading a really great book at the moment and um it's got a quote in this book by um the Nigerian writer Chiquita Unigui, which says education only makes sense if you can see where hard work might lead, a future you can imagine yourself taking part in. And I just think again, so great to hear about Nikita's work and enabling those children and young people to put forward their their ideas, their thoughts and their experiences. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. There was a lot of really profound stuff about her work. And the thing that really got me was when she was talking about children that she'd worked with that had grown up were coming back to talk about their experiences, about kind of what they discovered. There was some comments she made about, you know, knowing that their story was valuable and and, and valid um, you know, their, their, their voice is worthy and just kind of made me think about all the people that perhaps don't, don't believe that for some mm. reason, that, that their story isn't, isn't worth hearing, um, mm. that, you know, that the world isn't interested in them. And, and actually that's, that, that, that's awful. Um, but I think it's a real key to, key to happiness and contentedness is kind of knowing that your story and your experience is, you know, is heard and is appreciated by somebody. And that, that yeah. for me, kind of summed up what, what Nikita's role is about for, for young people in particular. Yeah, and I, I think that's just the ethos of the Angelou Centre, isn't it, really? Yeah. That, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what you've experienced. Yeah, your 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 story is, is valid and your story is important. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, in Nikita's interview, she talked about the coast, um as being um a happy place as well and mm. uh it just keeps coming up doesn't it yeah. you know yeah. i think it's uh it'd be interesting if we ever did uh this podcast elsewhere in the country whether it would uh come up there as well <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was wonderful talking to nikita especially yeah the, the, the bit about the sort of play work as well speaking as a grown adult on roller skates <laughs> um i, I I felt I could uh, relate to uh, that idea of yeah, you're never, you're never too old to try something new and just what's the worst that can happen? Give it a go and just yeah, enjoy yourself. Don't worry about looking silly. Just just go for it and enjoy it and be free. Yeah, absolutely. When she was talking about watching a film, some of her film recommendations were wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but then a group of friends would all watch the film at the same time separately. Mm. And I just thought that was such a clever idea. And then you, you chat afterwards. So make the make the most of your COVID experience by mm. doing that. What a, what a wonderful way to spend a couple of hours. Mm. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I definitely added a couple of her recommendations onto my uh, Netflix list. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you, Nikita. Thanks, everyone, for your thoughts. And thank you, Nikita, for another fab interview. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidetohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness 
and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the Northeast through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. And I'm going to hand over to Kath, who's going to let us know what's coming up next time. Yes, I've been talking to Mark Taylor-Gregg, who is an artist, a sailor, a family man, and one of the helms at Tynemouth Lifeboat Station, which means a lot, but also includes getting to drive a very powerful boat, (laughs) which I'm in awe of. Marx shares his fascinating journey from being a yacht designer to being a lecturer in art and design, which eventually led in to his current career as a successful local artist, with some very poignant stories along the way, which has meant that in his lifetime to date, he's seriously reassessed what happiness means to him, and he's very generously shared that with us. So... Listen out for his description of some of the rescues he's been involved with and how he balances the sometimes harrowing experiences with the fulfilment he gets from helping people who find themselves in desperate situations and the feelings he has afterwards when when he's finished that work. So in the interview, you'll hear me asking questions like this. Tell me a little bit about Mark, the person at rest in a non-stressful contented environment. And Mark will give answers like this. I've been blessed to be able to be in an environment where I can, these days, not need a shop window. I can paint from home. The way that the world's changed now, I can do a painting if it's not a commission. If I can do a painting, I can post it on social media. And I can now effectively increase my shop front to you know 10,000 people or something you know the need for an art gallery is not as important then that enabled me to be a bit almost like a stay-at-home dad I think my happiness is massively to do with being able to be a dad and be an integral part of of the, the day the school run getting them out to school taking them to school picking them up from school that's a massively happy thing for me So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next time for another episode.